0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, hour two.
1: Hello there, it is Eric Erickson here. Sorry, I clicked the wrong button as I'm starting the program. The phone number is 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. If you missed my interview with Governor Ron DeSantis uh, that started the program today, if you text the word DATA to 33777, I'll send you back a link you can click and you'll be able to get my interview with Governor DeSantis. I did ask him about the Twitter launch. Um, He pointed out he he got over 5 million listens to the interview, had 700,000 people waiting for him, Uh, and though it definitely glitched, it became the biggest story in America, uh, probably around the world, lots of headlines. Okay, Uh, I got to talk to you about the the lying liars that lie, and that would be the American press fact-checkers. Do you remember, it's only been, what, a year or so ago, that progressives demanded the cat in the hat and all Dr. Seuss be banned? They were adamant that Dr. Seuss books needed to be pulled out of libraries because he was a racist and and cat in the hat, all the all the books needed to stop being published. These same people are accusing Republicans of book bans. In fact, the biggest story comes out of Florida. The Associated Press has gotten in on the act. CNN has gotten in on the act and others claiming that uh, Florida schools banned some books, including a a book of poems by the 22 year old who wrote the poem for Joe Biden's inauguration. uh, That they were banned, they were not banned. They were moved to an age-appropriate section of the library. Everybody does that. You don't put Lonesome Dove and Gone with the Wind in the elementary school library. You put them in the high school library. In the same way, you put books that are age-appropriate for middle schoolers in middle school and in the elementary school. Literally every single school district in the country does this, every single one. From California to Maine, every school district assigns where books go in the libraries. That's not book banning ron desantis was asked about this story yesterday
2: the one this week was that miami-dade county took a book that was about like poems from um from i think like biden's inauguration and they moved it um from elementary school library to middle school library the media tried to act like somehow this is being banned And you actually had Miami-Dade County Public Schools spokesperson have to come out and say, there's nothing that's been banned or removed. It was basically just determined that this particular uh, book was better suited for middle school. And so they put it in the middle school media center. And the media tries to act like somehow that is offending uh, something with, with with a book ban a little more. Yeah, so the whole book ban thing is a hoax. There's not been a single book banned in the state of Florida. You can go buy or or use whatever book you want. What we have done is empowered parents with the ability to review the curriculum, to know what books are being used in school, and then to ensure that those books match state standards and are age and developmentally appropriate. So for example, uh, parents have flagged books in schools that, uh, for example, teach middle school kids how to use sex apps uh, that provide graphic depictions of sex acts and sex toys for people as young as fifth grade. And so clearly that is not appropriate uh, to be in a middle school classroom. And so parents object and, and the schools take them out. So
1: here, here's the problem. It, it really isn't true. The stories are not true. And yet the media is claiming they are true. They're lying. And this is happening around the country where the media is accusing individuals of book bans, if they're on the right, when all they're doing is placing books in age-appropriate sections of the library. Now, this has also happened uh, near me. There's a story in the Washington Post about a Georgia school district called Forsyth County that, uh, let me just read you the tweet. The federal government has concluded that a Georgia school district's removal of titles with black and LGBTQ characters may have created a hostile environment for students, potentially violating their civil rights. What the Washington Post does not do is tell you what the books are. There's a, politi- there, there's a Twitter account called Political Math. Let me just read you his thread. Since the Washington Post decided not to include the information in their article, here's a review of the books removed from this Forsyth County, Georgia school All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson. Here's the description. This book contains sexual nudity, sexual activities, including sexual assault, alternate gender ideologies, profanity and derogatory terms, alcohol and drug use, and controversial racial commentary. Juliet Takes a Breath by Gabby Rivera. This book contains profanity, inflammatory racial and cultural commentary, controversial religious commentary, sexual activity, sexual nudity, alternate gender ideologies, alternate sexualities, and drug use. Later Gator, spelled L-8-R-G-8-R, by Lauren Miracle. This book contains references to sexual nudity, sexual activity, and profanity. 19 Minutes, by Jody Picoult. This book contains sexual activity, sexual nudity, profanity, and derogatory terms, violence, controversial, social and political, and religious commentary, alternate sexualities, hate, abortion, and suicide. Out of Darkness, by Ashley Hope Perez. This book contains controversial racial commentary, derogatory terms, and mild profanity, violence, explicit sexual nudity, and explicit sexual activities, including sexual assault and battery of a minor. The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison This book contains profanity and derogatory terms, sexual activity, including sexual assault and molestation, alcohol use, inflammatory racial and religious commentary, and references. The Infinite Moment of Us by Lauren Miracle. This book contains obscene sexual activities, sexual nudity, and profanity. Now, you can decide these books belong in a school library, or maybe they don't. That's not the point. But the federal government, the Biden administration, doesn't want local schools to decide what's appropriate for their students, and the national news media doesn't want to tell you the books that were objected to, notice they never tell you what the books actually are. Most famously is the book Queer." that progressives were putting in elementary school libraries. I guess when they pulled the cat and the hat out of the elementary school libraries, they put genderqueer in in its place. The New York Times has lamented right-wing agitators opposed to this book. The Associated Press has claimed this book is being banned because it talks about alternate gender ideologies. No. Do you know why the book is being banned? It shows graphically depicted sexual acts. It shows you how to perform the sexual acts. It talks about the sexual act. It draws descriptive diagrams of the sexual acts and they've been taken out of elementary schools. They were all okay with the cat in the hat being pulled out of elementary schools. They really don't like it that these books depicting extremely graphic displays of sex are being pulled out of elementary school libraries. And that's what it is, elementary school libraries. They're turning hostile to conservative values and they really are trying to expose elementary school students to sexuality. They're trying to teach the kids early. Listen, I'm sure some of you listening right now think it's no big deal and it's okay and kids are going to find this stuff on the internet. But We elect school boards at the local level to determine the age appropriateness of materials. And certain school boards that will not allow the parents to read excerpts of the books at school board meetings because of their conduct think it's fine to put these in elementary school libraries. But there are other school boards that think it's not. And notice it's the ones that make the decision that in our community, this doesn't reflect our community. We don't think it's appropriate for an elementary school. Those are the ones getting in trouble by the Biden administration. There is a growing hostility to the values of people of faith. You know, and it manifests itself. You know, a a friend of mine just sent me a link. So Fayette County, Georgia, pretty Republican area of the state. A local church— Flat Creek Baptist Church. It's been there for 197 years and in the same location for 110 years. It's doing a craft show and a car show. Church has a massive parking lot. I've been there, big church, massive parking lot. They're going to do a craft show and a car show. They're going to celebrate religious freedom. And the local zoning administrator and and zoning commission has said you're not allowed to do it. You can't have a you can't have a craft festival in your church parking lot. Really? You can't have a craft festival and car show in the local parking lot and and the, the beauty is they're hiding behind the property is zoned agricultural. Government even even a a Republican leaning government like Fayette County, Georgia, is more and more hostile to people of faith. It's happening around the country. The Biden administration is now funding college programs that lump Christians in with Nazis. I'm not making that up. The Department of Homeland Security. Is funding anti-terror courses around the country, and some of the terrorist groups are groups like the Republican Party and the Evangelical Churches of America. They're on the same list as Nazis and neo-Nazis. I'm not making that up. They literally are doing this. So the people who don't want the cat in the hat in your local elementary school want you to think that Christians are Nazis. Sexually explicit books belong in elementary school libraries. And kids should go to Target and buy clothes made by Satanists that celebrate Pride Month. This is the left run amok in America, which is why Ron DeSantis and Republicans are running so aggressively against broken, woke culture. And we're going to hear a lot more about broken, woke culture undoubtedly. I do hope, however, they spend some time at least on the economy. This side the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. You're buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, buying out your business partner. Your business needs $250,000 or more. First Liberty might be able to help you. Well, a lot of lenders are twiddling their thumbs these days. They make their own lending decisions. have been doing it since the 90s. They might be able to help you. Go to FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Well, I just received the kickoff week schedule for Ron DeSantis. I, I guess his idea is to outwork everybody. Listen, this is, this is his schedule. May 30th, Tuesday, May 30th, campaign kickoff in Des Moines, Iowa. Wednesday, May 31st, Sioux City, Iowa, Council Bluffs, Iowa, uh, Pella, Iowa, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Thursday, June 1st. Laconia New Hampshire, Rochester New Hampshire, Salem New Hampshire, Manchester New Hampshire, Friday, June 2nd, Buford South Carolina, Lexington, South Carolina, Greenville South Carolina. So 11, 12 locations in four days. uh Iowa, New Hampshire and then South Carolina uh campaigning away that is an impressive schedule for the governor. Now, I will tell you that uh, they're having a minute over at uh, some news networks. Essie Cup, the libertarian who's kind of gone to the left on this, not a fan.
2: And his press secretary Mm -hmm. did say that he raised a million dollars in the first hour. So someone apparently liked what he said. I mean, how do you react to that? Yeah,
3: well, there are definitely Republicans who are, quote unquote, over Trump. And see DeSantis and his poll numbers as maybe the the best place to park their votes, park their money, Mm. um, their support. But I just, uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of a folly. Still all of the energy, a lot of the condensed energy in the Republican Party is still with Trump. No one is better at being Trump than Trump. And DeSantis doesn't seem to have a cogent, cohesive plan other than to be Anti woke.
2: Well, so I wonder then who is DeSantis's biggest concern? Is it Trump or is it DeSantis yeah. himself because of all of the reasons that you've already listed? It's,
3: uh, well, it's Trump. I mean, Trump is a big concern for him and every other opponent. Like I said, the energy is with him. But also, if you're unmoored, as he is from principles, conservatism, and really all you're doing is following the, the culture war trade wins, um, he's going to face, I think, incoming from all the candidates. I mean, That gives everyone a real opportunity. All the candidates, yeah. To Nikki Haley to go to a more moderate place if they choose to do that.
1: Aye, more moderate place. There's the issue. Let's let's be honest here. There are many a person on television and on social media who have been defined by their views on Donald Trump. They made their name about Trump, whether for or against, they cannot let him go. His existence is tied to their own and their political fortunes and their monetary fortunes. You have uh, a lot of the folks, uh, like the Bulwark, for example, they, they hate DeSantis. In fact, that they, they hate all the Republicans. They, they hate Donald Trump, but they obsess about Donald Trump because they have made their way in life by being anti-Donald Trump and anti-Republican, and every Republican is just a knockoff of Donald Trump. It's a fascinating existence to be so bound to someone you hate. It can't be good for you psychologically. It, it, it really, it can't be good for you psychologically to be that tied to someone you hate. Now, I realize there are some diehard, always-Trump people who don't like me who think, you are, Erickson, you are. I was here long before him, and I will be here long after him. I am the only conservative radio show host in America to still have a job who did not back him in 2016. My existence is not dependent on him. For a lot of people, however, his existence is what makes or breaks them. Now, we must move on to other things when we come back because uh, we got a great big world out there and the debt ceiling fight is beginning to crash down around the Democrats. As House Democrats, it's starting to dawn on them that Joe Biden is about to sell them out and they are furious and scrambling and claiming there will be riots in the street. If there are spending cuts, wait until you hear this exchange between Poppy Harlow and one of the Democrats on CNN over the audacity of cutting spending. Greetings and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. I hope you're having a great day, wherever you might be. The phone number, if you'd like to call in, 877-973-7425. I mentioned in the first hour the EPA case today where uh, the court unanimously decided that a family could build a home because its home was not connected to the navigable waterways of America. And the EPA had claimed that while the water seeps into the ground under their home and flows into navigable waterways, therefore their home can be regulated by the federal government. Chuck Schumer has tweeted this out. This MAGA Supreme Court is continuing to erode our country's environmental laws. Make no mistake, this ruling will mean more polluted water and more destruction of wetlands. We'll keep fighting to protect our waters. The court case he is railing about, the EPA case that came out today, was a unanimous Supreme Court decision written by a George W. Bush appointee The outcome was joined by a George H.W. Bush appointee, another George W. Bush appointee, two Obama appointees, uh, and a Biden appointee, in addition to the three Trump-appointed justices. And the three Democratic appointees joined a concurring opinion written by a Trump appointee, all of them agreeing that the family could build their home on the property. And that it was not a violation of the uh, Clean Waters Act, but yet Chuck Schumer has to respond and claim it's a MAGA court. Community notes, do your thing on Twitter. Do your do your thing on Twitter. Now we gotta get to the debt ceiling. I gotta play you this exchange. This is kind of funny. So, Pramila Jayapal. CNN, let, let me just go back to yesterday's show and play you this clip. This is CNN's poll of Americans about the debt ceiling fight.
4: Our brand new poll conducted by SSRS shows that a majority of Americans, 6 in 10 Americans, want to raise the debt ceiling only if spending cuts
1: are included as well. So this is the McCarthy point that he's been making all along. Remember, months ago, the White House was in this position of no negotiations. A
4: majority of Americans say, no, you should reduce spending as well as raise the debt ceiling. 24% say raise the debt ceiling no matter what. Only 15% say do not raise it.
1: Let the U.S. go into default. 25% of Americans want a clean debt ceiling increase. That is a, a debt ceiling increase with no strings attached. A majority of Americans want Spending cuts. Pramila Jayapal has claimed this is about raising taxes. And when people say they want spending cuts, they actually want taxes raised. Uh, CNN's Papi Arlo and uh, uh, Pramila Jayapal, they they win about this. L- listen to this conversation.
5: CNN has a new poll out. I'm sure you've seen it uh, in just the last two days. And what it shows, really interestingly, is that 60% of Americans say Congress should only raise the debt ceiling if it comes with spending cuts at the same time and that includes 58 percent of independence is your position out of step now congresswoman with the majority of the american people I'm so glad you raised that poll, because I think it's really important to look at what that poll says. If you just say to people, should we cut spending? They will probably say yes. Um, however, if you say, would you rather cut spending and reduce the deficit by cutting the tax breaks to the wealthiest corporations and wealthiest individuals? Or would you like to cut your own health care, education, education? Uh, you know, care for veterans, etc., I guarantee you that you would have even higher numbers that say, let's make sure that but, we're making the wealthy pay their fair share. That's not and what that's the, the other thing we've been saying not to the what Republicans. The poll says. This is the exact question that was asked of voters. What should Congress do on the debt ceiling? Raise only if spending cut, 60%. Raise no matter what, 24%. Not raise, let U.S. default, 15%. But, these are these are what they are saying to this critical question. Yeah, but... Go ahead. No, I understand. But Poppy, you can't take tax cuts out of spending. You know, tax cuts for the wealthiest are spending. Don't think that that isn't spending when under Donald Trump. they added almost $2 trillion to the deficit because they gave tax cuts to the wealthiest. That is spending. And I think the American people understand that that's what needs to change, is we need to roll back those tax cuts, and we need to actually make sure that we are reducing the deficit and- by making the wealthiest pay their fair share, very- not by cutting working people's benefits.
1: Right. Right. Giving tax cuts to the wealthy is spending money, really. This is a brave new world of 1984 that by cutting taxes or giving the wealthy a tax break, that's also spending, really. Okay, so here's the dirty little secret, and this this God's honest truth. Cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye, all of this. The things that Camila, Pramila J. Paul is saying is we need to get rid of uh, oil and gas rebates to gas companies. We need to do this uh, tax on the wealthy. I These are things that the United States Senate Democrats could not get 50 votes on. So what they're offering is something that even the Democrats— rejected. That's their plan. Meanwhile, Kevin McCarthy was able to raise the debt ceiling. They didn't think he could, but Kevin McCarthy got it done. Here he is speaking to Fox News.
3: Call for number three here shows that nearly 60 percent of Americans agree that Congress should increase the debt limit only if there are spending cuts. That's your position. That is is our position. And what is different? Because it's very it's very unusual for the Republicans to be on the have the upper hand here in these debates if you go back to 2011 when president obama was fighting with the republicans about this um what is different about your approach this time that the republicans did not do in 2011.
4: I'm not sure where you compare, but I just wanted to be reasonable and sensible about this. I sat down with the president on February 1st, said, look, there's two things I will not do. I will not raise taxes and we cannot pass a clean debt ceiling. So let's sit down and negotiate. I would ask the president every single week to do that. That's what responsible people do. He ignored it. We put together a bill that would raise the debt limit and responsibly limit, bring back COVID money that has just sat out there find ways to make the economy strong, and we passed that. So finally we've got to negotiations. I've been very upfront with the American public. I'm not shy from the position we have because this is the American public position. They know the amount of debt we have, almost $32 trillion. Every American goes through this if they have a credit card and it hits the limit. You just keep raising the limit till you, till you owe more on it than you make in an entire year. Wouldn't you look at how you spend your money and curve your spending? I think that's what government yeah. should do as well a little more so we continue to work to find solutions and whatever date they give us we've already have a bill it's sitting in the senate that's why i'm not okay. fear, so fearful you, of a default you would, but there's also money coming in every single day uh, but i will take whatever date they give me and i will work. It. For it.
1: look the american people actually 60 percent according to the washington post are prepared to blame joe biden And the Democrats are starting to freak out a little bit because they see the writing on the wall. They understand that Joe Biden is about to sell them out. They understand that Joe Biden is perhaps not negotiating in their best interests They actually understand that there are going to be spinning cuts to avoid a default. There have to be spinning cuts. It's not a matter of avoiding spinning cuts now. It's about what cuts to make. It is, well, sad to see. Just how, hey, y'all, you know, so you you know the 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 like in movies, and I'm I'm trying to think of a good movie, and I I, I can't come up with one, but where the characters realize we're not making it out of this alive. And occasionally they get really like they, they're angry and they want to fight. They they want to save their lives and it's they're beginning to realize they're they're not. they there's it's the s- stages of grief. They get angry and and eventually they reconcile themselves to like like death is coming. It's where the Democrats are with, with this debt ceiling thing. They, they they really thought they could get out of it without any spinning cuts. And Joe Biden refused to negotiate for a very long time. Joe Biden refused, just flat out refused to. To negotiate, he said there was no way he was going to negotiate with the Republicans. Month after month after month went by, and they kept saying uh, they're not going to negotiate. And, well, the the public listened. The public heard. The public realizes that they're not going to – they weren't going to negotiate, and the Republicans were willing to negotiate. The Republicans were were willing to pass a plan. The Republicans were willing to do all those things that the Democrats themselves said we will not do. You shall not pass a debt ceiling plan with spinning cuts Republicans and now a Fox News poll. And by the way, the Democrats take the Fox News poll seriously because the, new, the, the Fox News poll has been very good for the Democrats. In 2022, Republicans were blasting the Fox News poll because it made the Democrats' chances of, of winning in 2022 look too good. And it turned out the Fox News poll was right. The Democrats pay attention to the Fox News poll. 47 percent of voters would blame Joe Biden for a default. 44 percent would blame the GOP. Aaron Blake at the Washington Post, this, this is un- unprecedented. Barack Obama had a double-digit advantage in 2011 and 2013. How can this be? Because the Democrats said they would not negotiate. In a closed-door Democratic whip meeting on Thursday, Johanna Hayes, Congresswoman, challenged her party's leadership team on the caucus debt ceiling message strategy. Why aren't we staying this weekend, the Connecticut Democrat asked, suggesting the party should remain in Washington despite Republicans adjourning the House for a Memorial Day recess, days ahead of a possible default. We should stay here and ask Republicans how they can go home. She's right, said Debbie Dingell from Michigan, who's supposed to officiate her granddaughter's wedding in Italy this weekend, but decided to cancel her trip and instead stay behind in D.C., <laughs> Wait a second. She was supposed this is terrible. She's supposed to she's supposed to preside at the wedding of her goddaughter in Italy and she canceled it because she thinks that's gonna help, really. Wow, putting politics out of the family. House Majority Leader Hakeem Jeffries didn't reject the idea outright, but senior Democrats tell politico leadership's not in favor of forcing members to skip constituent meetings back home when there's no real plans for a vote this weekend. The push by some comes despite Jeffrey's own effort to tamp down frustration. In recent days, members have fumed that Biden has refused to use his bully pulpit to deliver real much. They are furious with Biden. They themselves have no plan. They've been cut out of negotiations. They are furious. This is delightful. This is delightful. It's almost as delightful as the clean air you come home to after you've run the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, after someone's, like, litter box has gotten out of hand, cat that you have, your dog has wet dog smell and you want to eliminate the odor, or someone, someone, not necessarily me, blew cigar smoke into your car by accident, and it stinks, You fire up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, and it wipes out the odors. And right now, if you buy one, you get one free. You buy two, you get two free. You buy three, you get three free. You buy four, you get four free. You buy five, you get five free. You get my message. It's the BOGO, the buy one, get one. You go to EdenPureDeals.com, and you put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K, as your discount code, and you can get the Eden Pure Thunderstorm BOGO offer. You buy one, you get one for free, less than 200 bucks You buy an Eden Pure Thunderstorm, it's an air purifier, gets rid of the dust and the pollen, but also it wipes out the odors, wipes them out. So if you get a rental car and someone smoked in it, you can plug up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm with a USB cord and wipe out those odors. You're in a hotel room, someone smoked in the hotel room before you got there, or it's old and musty, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm takes care of it. That's why I travel with one. You hold it in the palm of your hand and it just works. Or you get one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement, your RV, wherever you need them. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. Eden, like the Garden of Eden, pure is the driven snow. EdenPureDeals.com. And you put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You buy one, get one free this week only. Hello, my friends. How are you? Don't forget, you can text Eric, E R I C K, to 33777. If you click the 24 7 stream uh, starting at 3 o'clock, we'll start rebroadcasting this show for the next up until noon tomorrow. So you'll be able to hear again at 3 the Ron DeSantis interview if you missed it to begin with. You can also get into the podcast. We have now pushed it out to the podcast as a standalone podcast. A uh, bit of audio. You don't have to get the whole hour. You can just get the DeSantis interview. So Spotify, Google Play, Apple um, podcast app, you name it, you can get it. Uh, you can also get the daily show notes where it's there as well. Uh, all right. We got other stuff to talk about, including are you ready for your eye roll laugh of the day? This is from Shola Mas Bamium. an opinion writer. At The Guardian. This, my friends, is the headline. As white fans mourn the loss of Tina Turner, black fans need to remind them she died without receiving reparations. <laughs> Tina Turner, she needed those reparations. $80 million. She needed those reparations. White people just didn't buy enough of her records. She's got to have reparations. (laughs) These these are just one-note wonders. One-note wonders. we got reparations. She needs reparations. She was a... Multi-millionaire like 10 times. Or she needed the reparations. She could be a 100,000 air if you gave her what she was owed. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so predictable. It is. It is over. As white fans mourn the loss of Tina Turner, black fans need to remind them she died without receiving reparations. She needs her fair share of the GDP. She got it. By the way, she died in Switzerland. I wonder if the Swiss will pay her reparations. Holy moly. This, I, I wow. <laughs> Gotta have reparations. Only had $180 million. Gotta got, got get a little more out of it. My goodness. One note wonders. T, she was not. She had a beautiful voice and was a fantastic singer. Uh, God bless her.